This is Bunny Michael. Connecting to your higher self is an unlearning process, unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. Success, fulfilling relationships, self-acceptance, inner peace, all of that begins when we realize that that is what we deserve, what we've always deserved. Aligning with your higher self is an awakening process and it is no easy feat. But as you will learn from the callers on this podcast, our journeys might look different, but our path is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello, welcome to the first episode of 2023. I am so happy that you are here. I'm feeling so blessed for this new year. Having gone through 2022, we made it. We survived. We did it. We went through so much. We learned from it. We grew. We grew emotionally. We grew spiritually. We often don't give ourselves enough credit and the new year is an amazing time to say thank you to ourselves. Thank you for getting me through this. Thank you, higher self, for being my guide. I am very, very grateful for all of the lessons the universe has brought to me because I know all of those experiences are bringing me closer to fully awakening to my higher self, fully awakening to my worth. I am on the same path as everybody else. We're all on the same journey together. And with each step forward, with each year that passes, we get closer and closer to that truth within ourselves. It's like the long journey back to ourselves, or as the saying goes, the long journey from the head to the heart. So in a new year, there's a lot of talk about setting goals and making manifestations and having all of these aspirations of all of the things you're going to accomplish in the new year. And that's wonderful. It's wonderful to think about that. But what we try to do here on this podcast is understand the purpose behind the things that we're trying to manifest. Because if it's always about the outer journey, a very huge component of our wellness is missed. The outer journey is a reflection of our inner journey and what we are going through internally, the emotional growth, the spiritual growth, the mental health journey, all of that stuff is priority. Because when we don't prioritize our higher selves, that is the awareness of our self-worth, then we don't make decisions that are reflective of that then we don't know the path that is representative of that. And so we get off the path. We make some decisions that aren't necessarily reflective of our self-worth or reflective of love. So the most important goal is to stay in alignment with love, to stay in alignment with your own worth. And when you stay in alignment with that, you can be guided by that wisdom. All of us humans on this planet right now are in search of fulfillment. They're in search of a sense of belonging, a sense of wholeness. And we are all in different stages of what we think will get us there. And our culture teaches us that success, money, possessions, 
finding your one true love in life, those are the things that are going to bring you that sense of wholeness. And so we spend so much time looking for that validation because that's what we've been taught to do. But often on the journey to find that we miss the most important component, which is knowing that we've always been enough. And when we're grounded in that, then we can see that reflected outward. So as you make your goals for the new year, make sure that you set a very important part of that being making a goal of staying in alignment with my higher self, trusting where the universe is guiding me, trusting my intuition, trusting that voice for love and wisdom, even when it's telling me something I don't necessarily think is the easy path. And on this podcast, as we listen to people's questions, as I answer them, as we contribute to this community, we are helping each other access that inner voice louder, that voice for love. What I do on this podcast isn't telling the listeners or the people who send in questions things that they don't know. What I try to do is access the love and wisdom within themselves where they already know the answer. Because oftentimes when we feel lost, when we are in a problem where we don't know which path to take, it's because we need to be reminded of how worthy we are. And when we're sitting in that space, that conscious space of our of our self-love, the answer becomes a lot more clear. So that's all that's happening, right? We're all trying to just tune in, let go of the hierarchical conditioning of our society, of our trauma, try to see past those layers of fear to get back to our essence, which is so wise, so intuitive, so loving, so that we can actually enjoy ourselves and see the beauty, love, and joy in this world. And with that, let's get to the first questions of 2023. The following question was submitted on our site. Dear Bunny, me and my best friend had been flirting with each other for about six months. He recently tried to have sex with me and I ended up stopping it before it happened. We were both really drunk and afterward he told me it was a mistake. I was really, really in love with him and I wanted something more than friendship. So I ended up getting really hurt by that night and by the continued flirting that was more casual on his end. We finally talked about it after I pretended I was fine with it for a while. I've talked about it with friends and with my therapist, but still feel at a loss for how to move forward. I asked for some space to figure some things out, but I don't know if my want to be friends with him is because of the attachment or if it's in my best interest to let this friendship go. I struggle with codependency, often overgiving emotionally in my relationships and tend to put his wants and needs before mine. He says he wants me to be in his life forever and that's why he doesn't want a relationship. But I sometimes worry I love him too much to ever really be friends. I've loved him for 10 years and I know he'll always have a special place in my heart. I don't know where to go from here. I worry if I pull back from our friendship, it will never be the same again. But I worry more for things staying this hard. 
Any words or advice you have to offer is appreciated. Thank you for all that you do and all that you are. I also have been realizing I don't think I was in a place to consent that night because of how drunk I was. And I'm struggling with that as well. Hello, sweetheart. You should be really proud of yourself, A, for not taking it any further the night that the two of you were drunk because you intuitively knew that it wasn't the right thing for you. It wasn't an emotionally safe thing for you. That's not easy to do, especially when you're drinking and you are And it's more difficult for you to access that higher self-consciousness because alcohol does lower our consciousness. And because you did have romantic feelings for him. So it would be difficult to not take that further step. But in that moment, you had that intuitive wisdom to know like, no, we shouldn't be doing this right now because my feelings are important and my needs are important and I don't want to take that risk when I don't actually know what this is or what this is going to mean, what the consequences are for it. And in our culture right now, especially with dating app culture, I think what gets lost a lot of the time is the emotional labor that a sexually intimate encounter takes. And we all as individuals need to try and be aware of what our personal boundaries are of whether we're able to have an encounter with somebody without knowing what it means or what kind of commitment or knowing this person very well or putting ourselves in that kind of risk situation if it's going to be harmful to us say the next day we get ghosted by them, et cetera, et cetera, right? So I think our the emotional labor aspect of sexual experiences is, is a huge thing that I think is often not talked about enough when we're talking about hookup culture and relationships and dating and all that kind of thing. So you obviously are somebody who has a lot of self-awareness and it's great too, that you're taking space to really think about this situation. Am I really wanting to be friends with this person if we're just friends? Am I capable of being friends with this person? And when we take the time to understand what's right for us or what choice we need to make in our life, and we still don't have a clear answer, that means that we're not ready for the relationship unless we have a clear answer that we are. That means we need more time. The truth of the matter is you've been in this dynamic for 10 years. For 10 years, you have had a romantic attachment to this person that you're in a platonic relationship with. And I am betting that being in that position has not been easy for you and is not easy for you. Yes, you truly care about this person. Yes, you want them in your life. But... Just because you want somebody in your life doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for you to have them in your life. Just because you love somebody doesn't mean you need to spend physical time with them. You can love somebody from a distance and care about them from a distance and send them love and wish them the best. And distance also helps you Look from 
outside of the situation, outside of the attachment to really see the truth of it. It's like taking a bird's eye view and assessing, okay, what is this dynamic really about? Why do I spend time with this person? Is this healthy for me? And I can't answer that question for you, but I want to sit here and validate the fact that the feeling you have right now of being unsure is very, very important. And you don't need to rush to know exactly the answer. Actually, let me put it this way. You don't need to rush and make yourself feel comfortable with a friendship that you don't feel comfortable in. And I also want to validate that you deserve friendships where you feel like your voice can be heard, where you're not afraid to say what your authentic needs are, your authentic feelings are, that you're not hiding part of yourself. And that's really what true friendship is. It's honesty and openness and not forcing your feelings in a box in order to just pacify the other person and make them feel like everything they're doing is okay. Especially if the flirting is crossing your boundaries and yet you don't feel like you can really speak up about it, right? So take your time. Journal to your higher self. I find that to be very helpful. Say, dear higher self, guide me with the choice today that's going to be reflective of my self-worth and my spiritual health. It will become clear. Just trust yourself. Sending you all the best. The following question was submitted on our site. Hi, Bunny. Thank you for all the work you do on this podcast and sharing love with the world. Your podcast and hearing people's questions and experiences has helped me feel so seen and connected, particularly at times where one-on-one connection with others has felt unsafe or scary. And I am so grateful for that. Today, I found out from my therapist that she is closing her private practice in a few months to take a full-time job in research. It came as a shock on several occasions. I had expressed my fear of her suddenly deciding not to be my therapist anymore or leaving, and she had repeatedly reassured me that being a practicing therapist is her passion and her career path. I feel angry, confused, hurt, and upset. I also really understand her drive to take this opportunity because I am applying for a master's and I want to get into research in academia and learning is a really important part of my life. She explained that she's still passionate about being a therapist, but that she's been given this opportunity and wants to take it so she can learn, contribute to research in psychotherapy and see where it takes her. That maybe she will return to private practice in the future, but nothing is confirmed. I also see that she has so much to offer to potentially life-saving or life-enhancing research to help people, and I get why it feels important for her to do this. 
I feel really sad that the first therapist I've had who I felt really safe with, who is also queer and who has helped me so, so, so much, been so loving and helped me love myself, I won't have a relationship with anymore. I feel really sad that I won't have her in my life. She is the first person I want to speak to about situations and problems. I am having and who I go to to feel fully seen and understood. I feel a lot of fear about having to live my life without her support. I don't have much of a relationship with my family and I am slowly starting to build loving and supportive friendships in my life with people I feel I can rely on. But my therapist is still my main pillar of support as I'm learning to navigate being in relationship with others. I'm afraid I won't find another therapist who I feel safe and connected to. And even if I do, it will be someone else and not her. And that is still so sad. Do you have any advice on how I can see this loss and end of this important relationship in my life from a higher self perspective? So much love. Hey, babe, it's okay that you are angry and upset by this news. All of those feelings are valid. This is not a very common thing that happens. You know, therapists don't often leave their practice in the middle of you working with them. So it's shocking, especially considering she assured you that it wouldn't happen. And I'm sure when she assured you that it wouldn't happen, it was because she legitimately thought that. It wasn't that she was trying to be dishonest or irresponsible, um, but that she didn't realize her path was going to change. But having these angry feelings and, and this confusion and feeling abandoned is a totally valid feeling to have. And I would highly recommend that you are fully honest with her and telling her that you are still having a hard time with this. The next time you go to therapy, that you still feel angry, you still feel confused because that's very important. And our relationships with our therapists are very, very important to us and they matter a lot. But I also want to bring in this part because I think when we get into therapy, we become dependent on the other person, especially if the therapy is working, if we made that growth. But what the most important thing is about therapy is that the therapist did not give you that growth. You did that growth yourself. You, all your therapist did was provide a space, a safe space where you felt comfortable to go inward with yourself, to have these reflective awakenings about what you need in your life and what your past, how your past has affected you. You did the work, not your therapist. So the universe gives us these situations in order to have a deeper awakening and understanding of ourselves, to fully know how whole we are. And when I'm looking at this situation, what I intuitively see is that the, is that the lesson of this is you taking more ownership of that healing, of the work that you've been doing not to hand it off and say it was because of her. Yes, you value that relationship. Yes, you were a very compatible pair. Yes, she did a good job. But ultimately, you did the work. And that's why you can trust that the next therapist you have is, is going to be different. 
but you're going to be the same and you're going to bring that same self-awareness, that same growth with you. It doesn't disappear. And another important element of being on this path of connecting to our higher self is trusting that everything that's happening is an opportunity for us to become more aware of our strength, our power, our wisdom. Even when we're in a new situation, even when we're being challenged in a way that we weren't necessarily expecting. When one door closes, it's because another door is going to be opened. It's because we need a new phase of our growth. And just because you're grieving that loss, or maybe it's triggering abandonment stuff, fears, and all of those fears and those voices are coming into your head, that's natural, that's understandable for what's happening. But ultimately, that's not the full story. Deep down, you know that you can trust yourself. You know that you're going to be okay. You know that she's doing what's right for her and and her doing what's right for her is ultimately what's right for you. Because love is the ultimate goal of all of our relationships. And we have to trust where love is taking us, even if it's on an unexpected path. And she grew from her experiences with you as well. And she's going to take that wisdom that you brought into her office with her to help other people too. And and you know that, you're aware of that. So it's okay to have this anger, this grief, this shock. All of those feelings are understandable. I'm not saying you should push them away. They need to be felt. They need to be processed. It's okay to be angry. But underneath it, you are so powerful, so amazing. You should be so proud of yourself for that relationship that you were able to facilitate with your therapist and all of the growth that you did in that office or over Zoom or however you met. And know that when change happens, it's because you need change. It is. There's a bigger plan going on. And a lot of the times what we think should happen isn't actually what needs to happen, right? We don't always know the packages of the things that we need. We don't always know the forms of what's going to happen. And it, and we think we things need to be a certain way. Oftentimes they don't. And you're going to see how much growth you have had when you do start working with somebody new and it might take some time to find the right match and that's okay trust yourself you're doing great you can handle this wishing you all the best hi buddy oh i'm so sorry if you heard that bird um it's really early here I uh, live in California. Uh, <laughs> good morning. I hope you have a wonderful day. You are beautiful. You are amazing inside and out. And so is everyone listening. The fact that you're trying to help your higher self and just trying to listen to other stories because uh, it helps. And I know that's why I've done it. 
<clears throat> but I guess I called because this is day, I can't really say, of my husband's deployment. I am a military wife. And I I don't know, I want to ask why. Okay, so this morning I washed my face, I took my time, and to be honest, I don't really do that when he's here. I could do, but I don't. I just kind of get up, brush my teeth, and head downstairs to make breakfast. And I don't know, I guess today I went a little slower because he's not here and just took my time and on myself. And I don't understand why I can't do that when he's around. I do. Like, I know I ha I can do it. I've done it before. But it seems much more natural when he's not around. I don't know why. It just seems like I obviously know I love him. There's no doubt about that. I repropose to him and everything. We do this every once in a while <laughs> just to give us just to give us both um, new rings. But um, I guess my question is clearly, but not clearly. I guess I don't. I can't really put it exactly into words. Is um, I don't know why. Why I I know I had really I ha I didn't have the greatest parents. My mom, my mom was a narcissist. And my dad is really, really tough love. I, I, I would ask him, hey, Bob, do I look really pretty in this dress? Like before my quinceanera and everything. He's like, yeah, you look you look good. What? <laughs> You're my dad. Tell me I look pretty. It's okay. <laughs> but um, I, I just, I just want to know why it doesn't come naturally, like when, when he's around. Why, why does it seem easier to take care of myself when he's not around? Is it because my mom was really bad and I always felt like I had to be there for others like hey hey don't take the time for yourself make sure that you're there for them like I don't know how can I move past that feeling or you know slowly approach how I take care of myself now and make sure it's a staple you got a little cut off but I think we definitely got the gist of your question and it's so funny because this happens a lot I think when people call in is they ask the question and then they immediately answer the question and it's the right answer. It's absolutely the right answer. And they know the right answer because they intuitively know because their higher self is, is letting them know. It's because you have that pattern of wanting to please people. It's because you're used to being judged and criticized. And so we bring those dynamics into our new adult loving relationships because that was the example of love we grew up with. And we have the same fears. We don't want to be criticized. We don't want to be judged. So we hide certain parts of ourselves from our partners for fear of them not approving of it or not liking it. We only do certain things when they're not around. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong, but it's, it is really good that you're noticing this and the fact that you want to change it and then are also able to connect it to an experience from your childhood is, is so intuitive and wise and, and self-aware and, and, and you're, you're amazing. You're doing absolutely amazing. And it's obvious that you have a lot of love in your relationship and you're at a point where you feel safe enough to address this, to notice this. 
in our relationships, we are constantly growing. We're constantly becoming more aware of our own patterns. We're constantly becoming more aware of things that we want to work on or things that we want to change. And when we're, we become aware of something new, it's not a bad thing. A lot of times we see something that we didn't notice and we're like, uh-oh, something's wrong. Like, I didn't realize I did that thing or I didn't realize that I hid this part of myself and, and we can get kind of scared, but actually it's an indication that you are feel safe enough in the relationship to continue to evolve and awaken and grow. It's actually like a really, really good sign. So moving forward, I think what can be helpful is have a conversation with your spouse about it. Be like, hey, honey, like I notice I do this thing and I think it's because of how I grew up and and I might need some like encouragement or support. It could also look like you noticing those thoughts and when they come up, telling yourself, okay, wait a minute. No, this is safe. This this is okay. I can take my time. Just reminding ourselves. You know, when we're in behavior patterns, the way we break the pattern is by creating other patterns. And that means making different choices or... And it doesn't mean judging ourselves for struggling in a certain area of our life. It just means noticing it and slowly, like you said, because you answer the question before I'm even answering it, that it just takes some slow steps, making little steps every single time to do it differently and trusting that it's okay to change. Your husband loves you, wants you to be happy and probably has no clue that you're going through this internal struggle. I find it helpful to talk about like my struggles or how my issues show up in the patterns of the relationship because I think sometimes my spouse can remind me or help encourage me. I don't always do that, but for some things I do. And for other things, I just kind of work on it internally within myself and notice it and take it slow and and really just try not to judge it. Remember, the voice of our higher self isn't about shaming or criticizing or making ourselves guilty. It's literally just this compassionate voice within ourself that says, okay, this is happening for a reason. It's totally understandable. What can we do here to do something different? How can we make it easier to make those changes that actually make us happy because we all deserve to be happy. We all deserve to take our time in the mornings to not have to please everybody constantly worrying about other people judging us. We deserve love. We deserve to give us the love that we didn't get from our parental figures, from our upbringing. We are in a reparenting process and we are fully capable of doing that. One little step at a time, one thought at a time. So what could be helpful if you don't want to talk to your husband or in addition to talking to your husband about it, because I feel like talking about it also kind of takes it out of the shadows and, and, and helps is having a little affirmation for when those thoughts come up or when those fears come up. You know, something like, I trust that I'm loved. I trust that my needs are valid. I trust that I can be my authentic self in this relationship. 
And sharing my authenticity is also a way of being loving. Being fully myself with somebody is also an indication that I trust them. When we start being truthful with our partners, when we stop people pleasing and stop, you know, being in fear of them and letting ourselves just be ourselves and and validate our own needs and and be honest and vulnerable about our, our feelings, it's actually a gift to the other person because it's saying, I trust you enough to, to be myself with you, to share where I struggle with you. It's a sign of love. It's a sign of love. You got this, babe. All right, that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Remember to sign up as an Apple subscriber and get bonus episodes every other week. Sign up on our Patreon for bonus content, including video recordings of our bonus episodes, which are really, really cute. (laughs) So check it out. All right, I'm sending you so much love. I love you so much. Take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be compassionate. Be patient because that's actually what's going to sustain you. That's actually what's going to bring in all of the things that you want to manifest is when you start with self-worth. It's when you start with compassion. I love you so much and so does your higher self. See you next time. Bye.